Hello and welcome to episode 181 of Navigating the Modern World. First, um, I just want to thank whoever is here and wish everyone a happy holiday or just hopefully maybe a day off or um, happy end of the year, whatever. And whoever doesn't celebrate, I totally understand. And um, it's a kind of a nice moment to pause at the end of the year and just think about a lot of things. But I'm going to get into more of that. I'm actually, today I'm going to talk about what to do when somebody else makes you feel uncomfortable. But here's the caveat. I'm going to really talk about what to do when you think someone else is feeling uncomfortable. And I kind of think they're the same things. Someone else is feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling uncomfortable. Um, but we'll get, we'll dive deeper into that. If this is your first time listening, um, I want to just welcome you. My name is Kimberly Johnson. I am, well, by trade currently, I manage a bunch of people. I manage like 150 people and not in trade, but in deep practice. I have also been a life coach for many years and I also teach meditation, mindfulness, I went through a two-year meditation and mindfulness training with Jack Kornfield and Tara Brock. Um, I really love Buddhism. So the whole purpose of this podcast is really me sharing about my life and processing my life through kind of a spiritual Buddhist contemplative lens. And so I hope you enjoy and we'll get to it. So today's podcast, I'm, well, I've been thinking about this a lot. So I was in the shower today and I was remembering hanging out with one of my really good friends the other day. And as we were hanging out, I kept noticing that she had like a discomfort in her face. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like there is a moment of discomfort that if you're looking at a person, you can kind of read it and it happens in the eyes. It also happens in the lips. And for anybody who understands that, please write to me. You can email me at Kimberly Elise Johnson at gmail.com. So K I M B E R L Y A L L. Y-S-E, Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N at gmail.com. Because I, it's just like, to me, feels so normal to see these things, to notice a person's face or even their posture or their behavior, like their hands fidgeting, their feet fidgeting. Um, the other thing that I'm super sensitive to is tone and how somebody talks and when they're talking changes, whether that's the way they're talking, their tone, their, you know, 
the, the voice level. And I'm just super sensitive to all that kind of thing. Well, for the majority of my life, I really have spent my life kind of feeling like, ooh, it's kind of special that I notice these things. And it's really interesting that I notice these things, but I've never really quite known what to do with it. And so I was thinking about my friend and it's so interesting because I, the second I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's really kind of juicy to feel that aware of a person's facial features or their tone or their body as it changes. And what I have notoriously done is I have thought that it meant something about them. So their face changes, their voice changes. It must mean something is wrong with them. They're upset, they're uncomfortable, they're judging me, they're having a thought, they're distracted, whatever it is. And I've kind of assigned some bit of loose meaning, understanding that I don't know exactly what they're experiencing, but understanding that I do feel that they're experiencing something. And recently, so a few things. One, when my friend and I, a while back, her and I did some mushrooms together. And it was so interesting because when we were doing mushrooms together, I kept calling her out on it. Like, ooh, you're acting different. Or, ooh, what, what does that face mean? You know, like, I was, like, super aware, but I was not in the same mind space that I am usually, where I usually don't say anything. Um, but I was, like, calling it out, and it was so interesting because she kept saying, I'm not experiencing anything different. You know, like, she kept saying nothing, n- nothing, nothing. And my boyfriend does the same thing. I'll be like, Hey, your tone's different. And he'll be like, no, it's not. And I'm like, okay, it is. But he is like either one unaware of it or number two disinterested in hearing any of that and doesn't really care. Or three, it's like he genuinely, he's just like in his own tonal range, which is like from here to there, to there, to here, to there, to there, to here, to there, you know? Um, and it just seems normal to him, but it's really interesting because when I begin to think about those things, I begin to kind of have some bit of, it's not, well, maybe sometimes it's judgment. So with my boyfriend, sometimes it can be judgment of like, like he's just not aware of what he is experiencing and that's frustrating because I wish that we could go deeper together. But I feel like my friend has some pretty deep awareness, but I don't call her out on it usually. But anyway, so it's like it, it, it creates when my mind starts going toward trying to figure out their experience, it often feels super frustrating. And 
what I have begun to play with. And I'm really bringing this up because when we're around our families or when we're, you know, in big groups or um, we're going to parties where, you know, this time of year is like filled with activity, that often I can be around people and it's almost overwhelming because people are acting different, saying interesting things, having weird faces, fidgeting, and like it's all I can focus on. And so I have been playing with this idea that every time that I'm noticing somebody is having some sort of facial change, tonal change, mood change, moods are also a big one, um, that, and I'm, and I notice that I'm trying to assign what it means to them, like something's wrong with them. What's wrong with them? I mean, I hope that that resonates with people because I have done that my whole life. It's like somebody's tone's different. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? What's wrong? And, and then feeling like I need to try to fix it or I need to try to understand it, or I need to change my behavior because of it. You know, all of the kind of, um, normal patterns of of this so this is the thing that I'm trying to really focus in on all of the things that you try to do when you try to change another person's behavior or mood because you are actually uncomfortable and what I'm beginning to play with on a bigger level is that it is not our jobs to assign what another person is feeling how another person is doing why another person is acting a certain way It is our job to notice how it makes us feel, how it affects us, and to, in some, in a simple way of putting it, stay in our lane. Do not get into their lane. Do not try to assume that you know how they're feeling. You don't need to prescribe their mood or their experience. But actually, the thing that could be helpful for you and for me and for anyone is to understand that it's affecting you. So, you know, if you're noticing another person's experience and you're getting caught up in another person's experience, like what's going on with them? Are they mad at me? Is something wrong? Are they frustrated? And you're like trying to prescribe what's going on for them that the thing to really notice is that there's something going on with you and that your reasoning for prescribing what's going on with them is to help you understand what's happening so that you feel more comfortable and so that you don't feel uncomfortable or discomfort or suffer or you know whatever word resonates with you And the way to kind of do that is one, you got to notice that you're kind of prescribing or you're noticing how another person is being and you're trying to figure out what's wrong with them. And maybe you're changing your behavior. Like there's going to be certain triggers that I think that you can begin to notice, become aware of with practice, honestly. But then as soon as you notice that the thing is, is to turn inward to really turn the spotlight. If you've been listening to my podcast for years now, I've been saying like, put the spotlight back on you 
So turn the spotlight on yourself and really prescribe your how you're feeling. So how am I feeling? Okay, I'm feeling scared that they're upset with me. I'm feeling self-conscious that they're judging me. I'm feeling worried that something's wrong with them and they're not going to tell me and I'm not going to be able to fix it. That's a big one for me. I'm feeling like they don't like me. I'm feeling like they're judging me, right? Whatever. Turn it on yourself and really begin to ask yourself, okay, where do I feel it in my body? What is it like to feel this way? So what am I feeling? What is it like to feel this way? Okay, well, I'm kind of short of breath. My heart is racing. I'm, you know, I feel some tightness in my chest. My belly is kind of churning. My palms are sweaty, you know, whatever it's like. And first begin to ask yourself, can I let this be here? Can I really let this be here? And what this begins to do is it begins to expand your tolerance, your ability to be with discomfort, because let me just tell you, as you already know, and this is mostly to let you know that you're not alone, but this life is very uncomfortable. This life is, I have pretty much discerned that it is not designed for comfort. And we are all searching high and low for comfort. And we do a bunch of things to feel comfortable, like eating a lot of food, drinking alcohol, smoking pot, exercising a ton, um, prescribing people's feelings and moods. You know, it's like these are all the things that we're doing, searching high and low for comfort. And there's nothing actually wrong with that. I feel like that's human nature to do so. And my curiosity is what if we actually just pursue the discomfort? We actually get curious about the discomfort that we are feeling. There's nothing you can do about the other human feeling discomfort. And honestly, that's for them to deal with. It's not for you to deal with. And you don't need to make it better. You really don't. Um, That is also their job. So it's not your job to know if they're uncomfortable. It's not your job to help them feel more comfortable. That's not your job. They are adults, mostly. If they're kids, we can. that's a different conversation. I'm not really talking about kids. Even though if they are your kids, it would be helpful for, you know, you when a child is feeling a certain way, like high emotion, to maybe ask them, how are you feeling? And if they don't know, you could pull out like a feelings chart. And then where do they feel it in their body? You know, it's like, I do think that there are ways to help children create this process early in life or to be aware of this process. So anyway, so you ask yourself, can I let this be here without needing to change it, without needing to fix it? It's actually okay that I'm uncomfortable because it is, and you're going to be uncomfortable over and over and over and over again in this life. And I think the more that we surrender to that, instead of trying to run from it or flee from it or hide from it or numb it, honestly, I think probably the better off we'll be. It still doesn't make it easy. And I wish it did, but it doesn't. It's like this life is pretty challenging 
for a lot of reasons, but I think it's kind of meant to be that way in some weird way. And I think that the more that we allow it and we're just kind of like, okay, this is uncomfortable. Okay. What's it like? Okay. Can I let it be here? Okay. And then the next kind of step is asking yourself, what do I need? What do I need? Instead of trying to fix the other person, make the other person feel better, what actually do I need to feel okay about how I think they're do their being or their feeling or what their mood is like? Like, what do actually I need to comfort myself, to take care of myself so that that person, so that I'm not allowing that interaction to change me? I think, you know, one thing that is kind of weird about the world and weird about people, us humans, is that we are constantly so affected by other people. And in some way, we have to take responsibility for that. We have to take responsibility that we chose to let this person affect us. Because the reality is, is that this person is just being how they're being. And then you are, and I think it's unconscious and mostly in unawareness, our, your mood is changing and it's going to change how you act. It's going to change how you respond. It's going to, you know, everything. That is a choice. Even if it doesn't feel like a choice, it is if you practice a different choice. If you practice awareness versus just quick reaction. And these are kind of the steps. It's like, okay, I know that when another person acts differently around me, I begin to get people pleasy or I begin to feel fear and shut down or I begin to try to prescribe how they're feeling and try to fix it. You know, just knowing how, what your pattern is. And then the way to change the pattern is to just notice the pattern. Notice that you are feeling a certain way. N begin to feel what it feels like and then try to sit with it. And I would try to sit with it for like a minute, you know, like actually try to sit with it. Don't be like, okay, can I let this be here? And then move on. Like, can I actually sit with this for an amount of time? And then notice what happens. That's the really cool part. As you sit with it, your experience changes. And you don't sit with it trying to fix it. You just sit with it. You're like, okay, tingling in the hands. Okay, what's that feel like? Okay. Tingling in the hands. What's that feel like? Okay. My breath is short. Okay, what's that feel like? My belly. I'm like, you know, tensing my belly. Okay, what does that feel like? I've tensed my jaw. What does that feel like? And you really just sit with it like that. And then if you can, if you can sit with just all of the sensations you're experiencing without needing to even like say anything, that becomes even more interesting. And then you just kind of watch and you're going to have to experience this for yourself. But often what I notice is that it changes and it changes pretty quickly. And it maybe can get more intense because you're focusing on it for a little bit, but then it kind of goes away and then maybe it gets more intense again. 
and then it dissipates, and then your mind gets distracted because, let's be honest, human mind. And then you bring it back to the sensations and you, can I sit with this? And then you notice at some point you're like, oh, it's kind of gone. That's interesting. Okay, what's that like? What's it like for it to be gone? And then you really can't ask yourself, okay, what do I need? When I feel uncomfortable, instead of trying to fix everyone else, what if I really took care of myself? Do you need to take a walk? Do you need to walk outside? Do you need some water? And I used to say, and I still kind of believe this, the very first thing that you can do is just take care of your body. So often you'll feel warm, so maybe some cold water feels good or maybe stepping outside in cool air feels good. Sometimes you'll feel really tight, so like stretching out your jaw, stretching, sitting on the floor, doing some stretching. Um, Sometimes you just feel like bound up, and so like turning on a song and dancing to it. Um, But really just beginning to take care of your body and take care of yourself. Sometimes it's not your body that's bound up, it's your mind. So maybe sometimes you need to meditate. Sometimes you need to say affirmations like, I'm okay. I'm okay. You're good. You're good. You're so worthy. You deserve to feel good. It's okay to take care of yourself. You know, all of the phrases that you might need in that moment. And what begins to happen is you, by staying in your lane, you really begin to change your experience of life and you take responsibility for your experience of life. And you begin to change how you are being, which is, in my opinion, the only real way to change the world. So I don't know about anybody else, but when usually when I'm affected by another person, then my mood changes and then how I am acting changes. And often I get more short, I get shut down, I feel self-conscious, I feel angry, I feel annoyed, and then that's how I begin to act in the world. So now, when you had one person that might be acting a certain way, now you have two. And the opposite way, you know, if you really take care of yourself, then you can go back to that person and you can say something like, hey, do you need anything? No, you're good. Okay, great. And you can mean it. Or you can say like, hey, I just want you to know that I really love you and care about you. And you can, you know, touch their back or touch their hand if they're your partner or your family member. Or you can just treat them like normal and watch their mood naturally change like it's going to. Maybe they were annoyed or whatever their emotion was, and it will change also. And who knows what will change it. They're on their journey and you're on your journey. And it is your job to be aware of your journey and to navigate and help. Like it's almost like if you were in a canoe, you know, the water is going to take you wherever it's going to take you, but you have paddles 
and you can begin to help yourself navigate the waters of this life. And I think it takes slowing down. I think it takes awareness. And I think it takes wisdom to really be like, okay, I got to take care of myself now, not try to fix this other person. And then it, what it also does kind of, so, you know, subconsciously is it forces the other person to take responsibility for themselves and to be accountable to themselves. I'm going to say this again because it feels so important. It is not your job to fix another person. It is not your job to change another person. It is not your job to make another person comfortable. It is not your job to make another person feel okay in this life. That is their job. And the more that you do that for yourself, you actually hold them accountable to doing it for themselves. And guess what? They can do it. Just like you can do it. It's totally possible. And so as you go into the holiday and you're surrounded by lots of people, specifically probably triggering people, I hope there are some people listening that are not triggered by their family. I really do. It's like very few and far between that I have found of people that are not triggered by their families, which is so interesting. So interesting that we're born into this family and then this family is what drives us bananas. Um, but the more that you do this work, the more that you can just be with your family, you know, you you can just, all right, uncle Ted is acting angry again. (laughs) You know, it's like, whatever. It's like, it doesn't actually have to affect you. That is a choice you're making. And this is not condoning abusive behavior. This is just... I'm not talking about abuse, physical abuse, you know, because I also think sometimes what you might need is to say like, hey, grandma, that hurts my feelings when you say that. Can you not say that? Like, it's also okay to set boundaries, but you could do it in a loving, kind way and not a reactive way. You don't have to meet her exact energy. You can be in your own energy and pause and take care of yourself and then be able to communicate differently than your family member is. That is actually possible. Okay, well, it's been about 30 minutes. I think that's really all I have to say. Um, I'm wishing all of you the most magical weekend and week until the new year, 2024. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time.